At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Money starts right now, live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Lineup tonight is Tim Seymour, Phil Camporelli of J.P. Morgan, Steve Grasso, and Guy Adami. The market rally, it's back on. The Dow surging nearly 200 points after a strong jobs report. And there is one chart that could mean record highs are here to stay. We've got the details. Plus, Lyft spinning out ahead of its earnings next week, down 13% from its IPO price. And Uber is gearing up for its big debut next week. But is the IPO boom about to go bust? But first, it's a jungle out there, and Berkshire Hathaway is going in headfirst with Amazon. Buffett's top investment managers making a bet on the tech giant, sending shares surging. The stock has had a wild ride so far this year. It's up 30% in 2019, adding $230 billion in market cap. It's now within striking distance of all-time highs. So do you keep buying Amazon here, or is this as good as it gets for the stock guy? Well, I by the way, this is tons of, I know. I, I, I don't know if we've ever led the show with GNR. I think we have. Yeah, of course you no. can. Uh-oh. Slash yes. or Duff McKagan? Slash. 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 Oh, yeah, that's not even I think close. You, I, think you're, I think you're wrong. But anyway. Well, Duff was sort of the, the heart and soul of the band, but Slash was Back the to Amazon. <laughs> Back exactly. to Amazon. Touch He's going to tie this in. Tie it I'm going to tie it in the back I dare you. I will tell you. So. I will, I will welcome to the jungle. Well, you're in the jungle right now, but you know what? You were about to leave the jungle until Warren Buffett said, you know what, I'm going to get myself along a little Amazon, too. That's why the stock is clearly higher, in my opinion. If you looked at the quarter mm-hmm. when they reported, that stock was headed significantly below $1,900 until one thing happened. The one thing was one-day delivery, and that gave, the, that gave the stock a little bit of breathing room. Then yesterday, you saw the weakness in the stock with the broader market. Again, the stock wanted to go lower. You got another lifeline today. It's like that show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You're running out of lifelines. The third lifeline comes in the form of 2025, which was the all-time high bet last summer. If it doesn't close above there, you have a monster double top, and I think it goes down. I'm not saying short the stock. I'm just saying it's had a tremendous run, take some money off the and, table. And all, and all those things that you just named, why are they doing one-day delivery? Because they feel like competition is knocking on the door. They feel like Target's coming down. They feel like Walmart's coming down. All of their numbers have somewhat peaked at least quarter over quarter. What do you mean? They're, which numbers have peaked? I'm confused. Sales, 17% versus 46%. AWS, 41% versus 49%. What numbers are we talking about? This has been a growth company with exponential growth that is slowing. They're losing momentum. And what are they doing? A massive investment period. Well, I, I, you know, the, the, the move to spend $800 million or something on to go to a two-day to one-day is hardly a cost that, that really bothers me. And, and I, it, look, it, it's easy to be critical of Amazon on a valuation basis. I, I certainly have oft been critical. But if we go back to Welcome to the Jungle, uh, mm-hmm. after we sing Welcome to the Jungle, then we say we've got fun and games 
we've got everything you want. And when I look at the Is market right now. Is that a right, lyric in yes, song? Yes, yes. Okay. a lyric. Yes, I wouldn't yeah. just, I'm just be doing that right now. Look, we've got everything you want. What, what more do you need for mega cap tech right now that the Fed is, is yeah. absolutely giving you the green light to do whatever you want. You've got a company that to me is as bulletproof as there is in, 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 in the tech world, despite the fact that they've warned you they're going to spend more. I think the bar is they've actually somewhat lower. before they're spending, though, Tim. Well, Ads, 36% versus okay. 96 but, No, but I'm serious. They, they, so can, they continue to grow at a pace that maybe is less than what they were. AWS, I think, is uh, probably the weaker part of this, not on a relative basis. It's certainly where the best growth has come. But I do think that there's a, a, a more competitive dynamic in what's becoming commoditized uh, cloud. That used to be their lifeline. Sorry, that used to be their lifeline, AWS. And if that's slowing, there's a real problem with Amazon because the actual brick and mortar stores aren't doing anything. No one expected them to do anything. Uh-huh. But you expected to see exponential growth where they've had it. And you're not you're seeing that slow. It's right. still great growth, but you're seeing that slow. I understand your points about Amazon and, and the growth may show signs of slowing. But in terms of the ultimate lifeline, I mean, I think Tim hit it on the head. Ooh. And that is that is the Fed. Yep. The Fed plus today's jobs report was just a signal to go ahead and yep. buy growth. We got buy everything tech, you want. Buy How do you know the name? tech. That's yeah. what we saw in today's market. They, and doesn't that give Amazon yeah, they certainly endorsed. a lifeline? On, on, on Wednesday, they basically said there's a really high bar for us to do anything. We're on hold. We're a patient. Rates remain low. Those future cash flows look really good. And let's not underestimate power of the consumer. The consumer right. is driving Amazon as well. And you can make the case right now, again, you get everything you want, that the consumer has never looked better in this cycle as they do right now, driven by wage inflation, very low interest rates. Um, and the stock market, net worth, right? Things like that are all very powerful drivers for Amazon. All right, well, the net worth, quick. I mean, the net worth applies to like 5% of the population. Yeah, but debt doesn't, Guy. Everybody's got debt. Everybody's got are, debt. And rates are really and, and I agree with that. And the consumer, I mean, again, consumer optimism to me, the only thing it is is an overlay of the S&P 500. Not suggesting that everybody owns stocks. It's just that people feel better when the stock market goes up. You see how fast stocks, consumer spending stops. Just go back to October, November, December. I mean, it ratchets right. down in a meaningful way. And the only reason it did is because the stock, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the stock market went down 20%. So as long as the stock market does well, yes, the consumer will right. spend money. And I think the Fed is on to that game. And by the way, I get just off subject, but Mike Pence talked, I mean, it's pretty crazy when you talk about 3.5% unemployment, 3.2 GDP, and they're talking about cutting, cutting rates, rates by a percent. And, it's madness, in my opinion. And it is. And so let's get back to the broader market. If you think about what was outperforming today, you had transport, you had everything that was cyclical, emerging yeah. markets back on the beam. So, uh, you know, two days after we were concerned about maybe the dollar breaking out again, you could also make an argument that the dollar's been trapped in a range. And if we're if we're whispering about the Fed cutting rates, which I, I think is ludicrous, I agree with you, right. Guy. But that puts uh, a lid on things. It, put, it certainly should put a lid on, on the dollar. But it gets back to, uh, look, I, I, I'm not saying that I like this holistically. I'm not telling you that the markets aren't expensive or some company like Amazon may not be growing what they were. But but in an environment where the where rates are actually going lower, we've got a supportive Fed and yet we still got GDP north of 2 percent, even if we are going into um, you know, lowering ISM. So what leading indicators, you pick them. I, I realize this isn't a buoyant global investment environment, but equities are still your best bet. Yeah. And you trade the market you have, Steve. So you've been get it. bearish. I get it. Yep. But here, I mean, can you see the arguments for a market that goes higher, 100%. even if it's a drift higher? And what, how you do can, you trade that? You can get, you have to stick with the overall growth players. So it's going to be tech. Tech is the outstanding, that's the buy if the market continues to go higher. But it cuts both ways. Six names that you buy, the FANG plus the Apple plus the Microsoft, will go down the hardest. 
when the market fails. And it cuts both ways. I think that it shouldn't be misconstrued as a flight to quality trade. Tech is not a flight to quality. Everybody knows those names. But the, when it got into trouble last year, like in October, it was because everybody thought, let me go buy tech because that's not going to go down. That is, that, is, that is not the right answer. So what do you, what do, you do? Well, I'll here? give you a trade there, young lady. You weren't here at the beginning of the week. And you yes. look tan, by the way. Great job by you getting tan this Thank early in the season. Hoboken is great Always this time of year. Beautiful this time right of year. Right across the river. It's fantastic. It's very close. But we Take said when, when Google or Alphabet <laughs> reported, we talked about is this an opportunity? I think the stock was trading, I don't know, 12, 10 or so. And we, one of the things we said is no, there's probably further room to the downside. It should trade down to 11.50. That's a 50% correction of the December low, and the recent high makes perfect sense. Why don't you go back and look where we are? Basically stuck Gave on you credit a dime. last night, eleven fifty-eight or so, somewhere around there. Eight dollars away from the now, stick so, in the pin. So what does that mean? It means now you have something to trade against in the Google. And, and again, what we also said last night. I don't want to rehash last night's show, but there were a couple names like Intel and Google that, to me, after this earnings period, I think were overly beaten up. Especially when you're looking for valuation, if you are concerned in a market that's near its all-time top. And I just want to talk about the, you know, the Warren Buffett connection to Amazon, which a lot of people want to, you know, I, I think we tend to overdo this stuff. With all due respect to Mr. Buffett, because first. First of all, I don't know when he bought this stock. It's the same thing as looking at a 13F filing. The fact that we know that Berkshire has finally embraced Amazon, um, we don't know really when they decided to do that. And, you know, that's... We know just, that it took them years to do it as well. To, they, missed, they missed 800% of the move. Ted, Tom, Tim, and Too Little. What, what's the two guys? I don't want to do any disrespect. Todd, I don't know how Tim, I got Todd Tim and Ted. Todd and Ted. Todd and Ted. They, they came on and when? 2011, 2012. Yeah. They missed Amazon. If they just bought it now, they missed Amazon to the tune of 832%. That's true. But, so, but yes, it's, they're late. It's, it's from the moment they bought it to whenever. I mean, it could still be a great return. I'm not trying to defend them Sure, it, it can be a great return. Hold on. Who are these guys we're talking Tom and Ted, they're adventures. The, the Remember the, the movie? The Buffett lieutenants who manage the smaller portfolios, they're the ones who you got to pick up a paper. Technology. Just pick up a paper. Uh, is that what we do here? Are we actually in the media? So we don't supposed to know what, we're supposed, supposed to know. We're supposed there? to know that they bought it, not him. Yeah. But what, is, what does Tim do? Well, <laughs> you, know, so you, don't follow, you don't follow Warren Buffett necessarily. I mean, Warren Buffett has stayed away from technology. The tech that he's bought has been Apple, which has been good, and IBM, which right. has been right. terrible. Quickly, real quick, and uh, Tim, th- that Tim talked, not the other Tim who's with Tom and Ted, because I haven't met <laughs> him yet. Tom, Tony, but it's Tony, interesting. Tony, and listen, Teddy. Warren Buffett, I mean, he is, you know, he's on Mount Rushmore, right? Sure, I mean, he's Mickey. He's all those things. Right. Mickey Mantle, Yankee, you know, great Yankee. All time. He's in the pantheon. Why not? Another conversation, but I'll mention this: when he bought, when they announced they had bought J.P. Morgan, that was so not a Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway buy. Why? Because it was on. Valuation didn't make a lot of sense. You're talking about a stock trading two times book and made you wonder who's I'm sure Mr. Buffett is overseeing this, but there are clearly other people now making decisions. So I don't think this is a Berkshire Hathaway purchase of 10 years or so ago. I also think that Warren Buffett does a, a, an excellent job at, at making investments for a horizon that I think a lot of investors are not ready to do. Um, in other they're words, not our horizon. Well, they're not our horizon, and I'm not least. sure I even know what our but horizon is. But he even made it a point. But Tim, he made it a point to say that it wasn't his purchase. He made it a point to say that it wasn't his purchase. He went out right. of his way to say it wasn't his purchase, well, my, which my, makes me think that it has zero to do with any of his history about Tom, being the. Tim. 
about being the top, the yeah. top investor of our life. I, I just want to say that I, I, from a perspective of what Berkshire Hathaway typically invests, they have a time horizon where, first of all, they are looking, uh, frankly, often to buy some stuff that's a little bit bombed out, take a call. I mean, the, in the crisis, Warren Buffett made some amazing calls sure. on companies that I think a lot of people weren't ready to step in and buy. And I think their time horizon on investing is very different than a lot of people approach. So um, buying Amazon at this stage of the cycle, and Steve's right in that what, what have you been waiting for if it took you this long, um, except for the fact that I think Amazon is now figuring out ways to really be able to pull levers on profitability that will allow this company to do what they want for the foreseeable. I've been at Amazon both since $190. Right now it is way long in the tooth, and they're telling you they're making an investment. They're telling you they're making an investment in the face well, of slowing growth, right. no matter how great that growth still is. Well, this could be an acknowledgement, them getting into Amazon, that we are at a point in the cycle where you have to be in large cap technology. Value is harder to find these days. I don't know. What right. You- and that goes back to kind of that tech story of, of what folks believe that future value of cash flows mean. And if interest rates are staying low, listen, it's going to be really hard for the 10-year Treasury to get past 3% this year. Right. I think that's something we can all agree on here. And in that environment, with that bar so high for the Fed to do anything, tech looks good in this environment. I, I also think, and I, sorry, we keep jumping back on Amazon, but As far as I'm concerned, Amazon made investments in procurement, logistics, warehousing, um, ERP, things that people did not understand for a long time. And suddenly they woke up one day and Amazon was able to control infrastructure like no company we've ever seen. When they tell me they're going to invest in in some new part of their business right now, I have to listen and think that, you know what, I think they probably know what they're doing. And and that doesn't scare me. All right. We've got a market flash on Occidental Petroleum moving higher in the after-hour session. Let's get to Eric Chemi in the newsroom for the details. Eric. Melissa, that's right. Occidental Petroleum, the stock is moving right now after a Bloomberg report saying that Carl Icahn has developed a small position in the company. You can see it there moving more than a percent now. It was about 2% or more just a couple of seconds ago. So that is a Bloomberg report saying that Carl Icahn is building a position in that stock. And here we go with the Friday after hours. Big move up. Back to you. All right, Eric. Thank you, Eric Chemi, in the newsroom uh, with News on Occidental Petroleum. This is an interesting twist in this whole deal situation. Carl getting involved in the game. But yeah. it comes, you know, again, we had talked about Levernet and Adarko Petroleum's name we talked about for a long time. Now it's on everybody's radar screen. Carl getting into the action makes you wonder, again, some of these other names that, that seem to make sense, even on just on flat, flat valuation. I'll say it again. The stock hasn't performed. Dan Nathan fricassees me almost nightly when I bring it up on his desk. Rightly so, by the way. But a name like PSX should be higher in this environment. Fr- what is it when he's fricasseeing? What's he fricassee? doing to you? What does that mean? He makes fun. He he laughs. He he, he chuckles. Carves you up. Carves me up. Right, throws some high heat, then he throws a nasty slider down and away. It's just nasty. Kind of like Noah Syndergaard did. People are going to follow Carl in the same way that they follow Warren Buffett in. If you look at the chart, this is around where this where this stock bounced is around around where it's bounced before. EMP definitely garner and suck up a lot of the oxygen in the room when you're looking at energy to buy. So yes, they will chase him, but I would not chase this spike higher. I would let it settle in after the Carl Icon effect is over. All right, coming up. Disney's rally has been unstoppable in the past month, but will the magic fade after its earnings report next week? We will explain. Plus, don't call it a comeback. Adidas is surging on earnings. Now the company is neck and neck with its rival, Nike. So which stock is a better buy? The traders will weigh in. And tech IPO mania is in full gear, and SoftBank could be about to make a $100 billion splash. But could all that euphoria be a sign a bubble is brewing? We've got the details. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. 
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out shares of Lyft. The stock's slightly higher today, but down 13% since the ride-sharing company went public in late March as it gears up for its first earnings report next week. And its biggest rival, Uber, gets ready to make its debut. And SoftBank is reportedly considering an IPO for its $100 billion vision fund, which includes a portfolio of Uber, Slack, DoorDash, Wag, and other startups. An IPO would give investors, regular investors access to shares of some of the hottest companies before they go public. But does an IPO of IPOs signal some sort of top to all of this euphoria across Sounds a little toppy to me. But when you, when you think about it, Lyft versus Uber, people were making room on their books for Uber, so they move out Lyft. Mm-hmm. So that makes total sense to me. Uber is the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Everyone wants that piece of that IPO. So the markets are higher. IPOs come out more. Right. But I don't think it means that it doesn't necessarily have to mean it's a top. Weren't they making room for Uber? I mean, wasn't Lyft down like day three? So, I mean, was that... Lyft was down Lyft, day one. Lyft, well, I mean, yeah, effectively the off, top, that, off that top. Right? So, I mean, I, I, I think, first of all, I am concerned. And, yes, SoftBank, um, you know, IPO fund, IPOing is second derivative. Oh, my goodness. But I, I do think you have a dynamic here where uh, if Amazon is rallying and, and you're seeing mega cap tech rallying, there's, there's, there's clearly a pathway for people to be investing in innovation and growth. Uh, by the way, there are parts of the market that aren't rallying at all. So, I mean, if you think right. about it, people are willing to pay for those companies. And leaving aside, uh, was it Beyond Meat, Almost Meat? Beyond Meat. Be- beyond Meat. Um, I mean, Beyond Meat is a case of where people are looking at disruption in meat. I don't want to bring this up, but again, they're looking, they're looking at companies where you actually have a dynamic that I think is still one of innovation. And I think people are paying for that. I mean, <laughs> it's idiosyncratic growth in a way that they're looking for yes. with, these, with these particular companies. Phil, what yeah, does I that mean, say yeah, about where we are in the market? Just from a top-down level, I think when IPOs go well, people do feel good. But that is not a linchpin for this market right now, in our opinion. The linchpin for this market has to do with really easy financial conditions causing a grind higher. So, you know, it will be a nice to have if some of these IPOs go well and people start to feel good about things like Uber or Lyft. But from our perspective, it goes more to the fundamental growth story that's going to drive the market higher, not not these ideas. So the Vision Fund is thinking about raising money for another Vision Fund. Imagine all of this money sloshing around. Just to follow my logic I'm here. I'm trying. A vision raising for another. <laughs> right. They got it. All this money sloshing around to be deployed into private companies right now. What does that do to the pipeline in terms of the characteristics of the companies that do eventually go public if they are able to tap this money in the private market so easily? Will they be more mature companies with less upside? Wow, like a Pinterest, for example, which is which is a rather mature company. Um, um, right, so but does I this do market think has change? Upside. But that, that, is, that was like a crazy in-depth <laughs> question. Like, I mean, really? oh, yeah. But I think but you, you're were right. Were you able to follow no, it, No, right? I was able okay. to follow it. That's why you almost s- as if you would never expect that from her. No, on a Friday? I mean, that was to so tr- yeah. to me. <laughs> Companies are more mature, but it's 
it's interesting. You know, history doesn't repeat, but it certainly rhymes. And Uber said in their 345-page outline, there's a chance that they're never profitable. Yep. Think about that. When was the last time you heard that? 1999. Just bring on. That's just a mention, factor. Just to mention. They say, I mean, they have to see it. Every, every prospectus has oh, that on. Oh, <laughs> never profitable? That's they, a risk? They, <laughs> that's a, they that's a risk. That the company could not be pro- It may not necessarily mean it's a bad pretty. stock I to trade. It. It's all good. <laughs> We're on the IPO Mania and what is coming up next. Head on over to CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. First in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. It's oh, great. <laughs> Never. 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 This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Welcome back to Fast Money. Shares of Adidas surging today, hitting a fresh all-time high after the sportswear giant beat on its earnings results. Adidas CEO Casper Rorset spoke to Sarah Eisen this morning, saying the company has been working on its supply chain issues and that business is booming in China. We're still a very, very hot brand in China, and that's why we have not seen a substantial slowdown of our business in China. You know, we have doubled our business in China within the last four years, so, and which is now the biggest business, the biggest single country in the world for us. So, so we're very, very optimistic for China, also for the future. The move in Adidas today, putting it now neck to neck with Nike, with both stocks up around 28% of the past year. So here's a Friday. Would you rather? No way. Oh. Would you rather? Wow. We're up for it. Adidas or Nike, Tim? I, I, I would rather Nike. And to me, the reason is I still think Nike is the standard to be set in terms of, let's go back to innovation and footwear. I mean, this is truly why people are back into Nike, why North America has caught back up after being uh, really a headwind for the company. DTC in China is actually accelerating. And, and, and I, I, look, I get the, the rivalry that's existed between Nike and Adidas. And if you played this, this would you rather two years ago, you wanted to own Adidas. But the last 12 months um, have been, you know, call it an even stake. Um, in the meantime, I think Nike caught up. And I think Nike actually is moving ahead of Adidas. Really? You like the consumer in general? Yeah. And this may be the only thing that uh, James Harden can be Kevin Durant at. Right in terms of the heart and Nike, you lost Mel. Lost Melissa. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know sport things. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it would. It is certainly a consumer discretionary play, right? So we would like both. My son loves both Adidas and Nike, right? I mean, this is a uh, consumer discretionary store. Did you like how you played the Would You Rather? Either. Which Neither is, was I, and, I, and I wasn't going to. Okay, but fricassee him to Dan Nathan him because it's not fair. But you can't do either. Well, he just did. He just anyway. did. Anyway. <laughs> The problem with Nike, in my opinion, is valuation 28 times next year's numbers expensive. But then you go back to the last quarter and see their inventories. They really have their inventories in check. You have 7% sales growth. Inventories only up 1% year over year. Means margins will hang in there, which means the stocks should Did go you pick higher. Nike? Nike. Adidas. 
Adidas online sales, online sales, right forty percent are up forty percent. China's killing it. Europe is going to become uh, come back on. They are stealing market share from Nike. Adidas is the play. All right, it is time for the final trade now. Let's go around the horn. Tim Seymour. So speaking of killing it in China, I mean, Alibaba is actually now a stock that you're buying on a breakout here and a valuation that makes a lot of sense. Trade deal or not, Alibaba is the stock to own. It's hard not to like the S&P 500 here. So an SPY trade for me, as financial conditions remain really, really accommodative here, and it makes sense. The path of least resistance is higher in the equity. Great. And thank you for joining us today. Nice to have you, Phil. Steve. Last night, I gave you a stock that was under pressure, WRK. Tonight, I'm going to give you another stock that's been under pressure, OLN, Olin Corp. It's been under pressure. It has not performed, but it is going to perform very, very soon. What do we got on OA tonight? Anything a big special? Show. It's always special. Is Carter guy. Braxton worth going to be here? Yes, he's in the wings. You know, somebody on Warming Twitter up. said that Carter Braxton was a founding man, like the Declaration of Independence. Is that true? Footprints on Plymouth so. Rock. No kidding. Yeah. Tony Braxton yeah. actually sings a song Tony that we Braxton. actually. I'm very familiar with that song. Anyway, what's your final trade? Yeah, my final trade is Qualcomm. You thought I forgot. I didn't forget. And I got to tell you, the fact that it didn't sell off on that quarter is very good. Options Action's up next. Stay tuned. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.